Time to get ready for Wheel Nerds. Maybe. Hi, and welcome to Wheel Nerds. This is episode 155. I'm Chuck. And I'm Todd. We're going to be talking about motorcycles. And the Gordon's Fisherman wearing a cowboy hat, coasting downhill on a KZ-1100 through a hailstorm. But? Why are you looking at me like that? What'd you do on your lunch? I, uh, I ate Chinese food in a box. Oh, my lunch was more interesting. What were you doing? On, what? Why were so, you on the, the... So funny funny story about my neighborhood. Apparently there's a no trucks sign. Um, you know, and despite the fact that the, you know, R.C. Willie furniture truck cheerfully ignores it and blocks the street. Yeah. Um, the real, actual CDL licensed truckers will see that and say, no, I'm sorry, I really, I can't come in there. I know it's a pain in the ass. And so the oh. KZ... Mm. Uh, had to be pushed to the Dan's parking lot. Off to its new... Off to its new You had home. to take push it to Dan's? I had to push it to Dan's. There's good news. Dan's is downhill from my house. Yeah, but that's still a couple blocks. It's pretty far. It's about a quarter did mile. Did you coast it down once you got it to the... I, basically, what I did is I pushed it until I got to a place where the road was sloped. And then I pushed really hard and jumped on and rode it, coasting at five miles an hour down the hill in a hailstorm, wearing my Gorton's Fisherman rain gear and a cowboy hat. Did you have pants? Yeah, yeah. Gordon's Fisherman, you know. Pants. Storm pants. Okay. Yeah. It's the second weirdest uh, bike delivery I've ever done. So, so. what did you do once you got to the intersection right before Dan's? Uh, I waited to see when I could cross, and I lucked out because I could cross right away. So I, <laughs> just I jumped off. <laughs> I jumped off and just kept pushing. You know, and started running <laughs> next to the bike. <laughs> and this is, you know, this thing is 600 pounds if it's one. And the truck driver was laughing at you? Uh, no, he was around the other side of Dan's. He knew enough not to laugh at me when he saw me coming around. He was like, here, here, let me help. I'm like, whatever. It's, the that, damage is done. That man's wearing a cowboy got my, hat. Got my exercise. <laughs> He's wearing a cowboy hat and Gorton's Fisherman rain gear. So the bike is off to its its new owner. It's off to its new owner, and a bunch of people asked me if I'd sell them fish sticks or, or, or barbecue sauce, which was weird. Barbecue sauce on fish sticks? That sounds good. It doesn't actually. I could do that. Yeah, I'd be yeah, all right with that. Yeah. All right. Well, we should mention that this week's show is brought to you by the fine people at Helite Moto Air Vests. Which both wheel nerds proudly wear every day, except when we're riding our Gurtons Fisherman outfits on bikes that don't run. And Alt Rider. The adventure motorcycling equippers of choice. Who make cool aluminum stuff that was mocked up in cardboard first. Yep. Cardboard assisted design. <laughs> I don't feel creepy at all saying that. <laughs> all right. So uh, can, can talk about who bought the bike? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we can talk about who bought the bike. It was Chris from The Pace. Take that, The Pace! Yeah, I told him. I told him. I, I sent him an email. I said, Hey, your fucking bike is going off to its new fucking home in fucking Delaware. <laughs> P.S. I like Woodford Reserve. Red Ales. <laughs> All I can say is it's a good thing that Dan's is downhill from my house. Wow. So- oh, this week's intro comes to us from T.W. March. Yes, thanks, T.W. March. It's been a while since we've had a, a recorded bike intro, so mm-hmm. it's kind of cool to get a new one. Yeah, it's fun to get a new one from the listeners. Hint, hint. Lazy bitches. God. Winter's over. Slackers. Send us some stuff. Unless you just like hearing me put random bullshit in the front. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I'm lazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, you know, speaking of lazy bullshit, because I'm lazy, mm-hmm. <laughs> we've gotten some good feedback from the Charlie Brown show. A lot Bowman of good show. feedback about that. Was, yeah. Let's let's go through them. Okay. William B. Smith wrote, that was a great interview. I'm going to watch Race to Dakar while waiting for your next show. That gave me an idea that we should try to get Simon Pavey on the show. Hmm. Hmm. It would be kind of cool because he's done it like seven, eight times. Yeah, yeah, and totally. It would, and it'd be interesting to hear what his perception of both the long way round and Race to Dakar. And being, Dakar in general. Being a pro rider, mm-hmm. yeah. Craig Shepard wrote, just caught last episode, awesome interview with Charlie Borman. Can't believe you had to break his legs to get him on the show. Harsh. Hey, the driver of the car, your money's on the way. We had money? We sent him a sticker. Chad wrote, you guys were a great match. I think you guys both have enough I don't give a fuck attitude that the interview was outstanding. Charlie was, in fairness, on a lot of drugs when he was talking to us. A lot of different painkillers. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we're just drunk. Dan wrote, I love the conversation with Charlie. Hopefully you guys can stay in touch with him every now and then and keep us up to date on his travels. We will be stationed in his bushes creepily. I would, I would love to go on one of his little guided tour things. Mm, that would be kind of cool. That like fun. Yeah. yeah. Jorge wrote, totally waited to listen thinking it was a spoof. It just totally worked out coincidentally. It was perfect. That I was couldn't have asked for a better April for a 1st. better day. Yeah, I, I saw what day it was. And I'm like, no one would believe it if I. I'll just play it completely straight. Mm-hmm. No one will believe it. Gave yep. a listen on my Cena on my way to a MotoGP party, and wow! Redacted person wrote. <laughs> You fucking chatted with Charlie Borman, and you didn't ask if, redacted, could boink his good friend Ewan. You're dead to me. I feel like you should be saying this with more of an English accent. Uh, no, no, the person who wrote it definitely did not have an English accent. Oh, that's not who I'm thinking It would thinking. be much more of a Minnesota accent. It's not who I was thinking of. No. No. Well, no. All right, then. But uh, there was definitely some, some anger there. Wow. Okay. Apparently I had a job, and I failed in it. Or maybe you should ask for a list. I, I guess. That way, if we come across another guest. Yeah, yeah. Who like, knows? Hey, just throwing this out there. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, all right. So, what, what do you got up? Oh, well, uh, so, so of course, you know, the bandit, the KZ's gone to its new home, so I can finally start to work on the bandit. Okay. It's, it's carb rack is coming out this weekend. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because it's not fast enough, so clearly I need to clean the carbs out. <laughs> So that, so that I can oh, yeah. pee myself a little every time I get on the gas. Um, <laughs> but, you know, of course, I want to get the sidecar mounts for it. And Bob Wark is telling me, he says, I, I think I can actually get you some genuine Texas sidecar mounts for the Bandit. Really? I think I know where I can get some. Yeah. Now, he's he's a little cagey about where he's getting them from. Boy. So I've got all these theories that I'm building. You know, like I'm imagining like like there's a dragon. You know, and it's like guarding them, like fire and claws, and you know he's got to get past it. And, you know, he doesn't want to brag, of course, because you know he's a pretty pretty easy guy. Yeah. Or maybe he's got to like climb the tallest mountain in the Himalayas and and get the wisdom of the parts from some dude up there. This is the dude we just had on the show a couple weeks. Yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the dude that's going on this adventure. Yeah, he's he's going on the adventure to get these parts. But it's mysterious, right? Like it's cool. It's, yeah. it, it, they're in a crate somewhere. It sounds like, but I think he's going to kill a man. Could be. <laughs> <laughs> he's just going to use some old school MI six. Just <laughs> it's better this way. <laughs> it's almost over. It's almost over. Go to the light. <laughs> 
Here you go, Todd. <laughs> Why is there blood all over it? Oh, that's oil. That's oil grease. Oil. Packing. Packing. ATF fluid. Packing grease. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, just mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Check cleared. Mm-hmm. Your, your check better clear. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that means he found like some new old stock or something like that. So that'd, that'd be, be kind of cool. cool. Yeah. And then if you get that, you could just bolt it up yourself. I just well, I'm gonna bolt it up myself either way. I can't. I can't friggin' afford to that time or the money to transport it. So okay, I'm on my own one way or the other. I'm hoping he can come up with the mounts and then I can bolt the fucker up. We should video that. What, the bolting up? Yeah. It's going to be a lot of, like, halfway bolting things and looking at them and going, no, no, that's not right. We could just run down in, like, four times speed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With, like, you know, a little bit of Benny Hill music in the back. Unfortunately, I'm going to I'm gonna probably ruin it for you because part of, part of the class Vernon used to run was how to set up your sidecar mm-hmm. and the ways to go about it. So That was a while ago. Yeah. That, that, was, that was pre-kids, right? Yeah. yeah you sure pre-kids. you remember that far back? Uh, bits and pieces. I also went and watched his videos. <laughs> <laughs> I got good advice from Claude and others about what to use for giant straight edges and so forth. So I'm still picturing you with a severed lump of a uh, stump of a wrist running into the garage. Ah! Oh, what are you doing at your house? Oh, why is there a, a freaking payloader thing at your house? Oh, oh, that's to dig the, the eight foot deep hole. Is that is that because you're plumbing? That's because of my sewer line. Yeah, yeah the one okay. that backed up on Christmas Eve. Okay. Yeah, so now poop will leave the house. <laughs> now it will. Well, it did before, but now now it will continue to leave the house because, you know, I was on, like, borrowed time. So the geniuses that built my, that were, you know, did this work on my house, there was a low point in my sewer line, uh-huh. which anybody who knows anything about sewer lines right now is cringing yeah. because you don't make a sump in your fucking sewer line. You want it to go downhill and out. And down and away. <laughs> down and away. <laughs> Never to be seen again. <laughs> so there was a low point in my sewer line, and it was made of clay pipe. Hey, what could go wrong? With PVC on either side with bad rubber boots holding it <laughs> The piece came out, and I'm like, really? Really? Who the fuck does this? Someone with a hope, with hopes, dreams. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's eight feet under the ground. It's not easy to get to. Like, you've got to fucking work. You've got to, you need a little, like, payload or thing to get into dig it. it out, yeah. You need an excavator right. to get to it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so that, that's happening. So that's happening, finally. Yeah, All right, that's but good. I also got the water here to change out. So I had a hot shower for the first time in weeks. Have I been smelly lately? smelly er. I'm, uh, a lot smellier than usual. You know how you always use the snow spray before the show? Mm-hmm. It it just kills all the cells in my nose. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. that explains uh, it's it. prescription. Yeah. Also, it's meth. Mm. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. I did some things. You did some things? I did some things. So things. I, I went to Texas uh, this past weekend mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some stuff. Yeah. Meeting up with friends. Kooky stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, fake Todd John Jones is down there. Oh, yes. To ride the Modus. I got to ride the Modus. <laughs> I got to ride the MST Modus. <laughs> now, I, I want to thank John and his lovely wife on air, or whatever we call this, for the wonderful. They fed us steak and baked potatoes. Oh. It was fancy, with like, like these pork Italian trimming I think, things. That, I think that's like a southern thing. There, they were trying to get you good and fat and happy. Oh, it was really good, and the steaks were amazing, and mm-hmm. it was just, and he was so nice. Everyone was so nice to us. I thought for sure they were going to kill us, because mm-hmm. that's what Nobody's happens. that nice. No one's that nice, unless they're going to kill you. Instead, he takes me out to the garage, and he's like, ah, here's here's the MST. And I'm like, and we're looking, and we're talking about it, and we're like, wow, this is pretty cool and stuff. He's like, okay, you know, do you want to go take it for a ride? I'm like, hell yeah, yeah. I want to take it for a ride. And he's like, all right, all right, wait, what? Before you take it for a ride, did you know 
that the mufflers are just held on by springs. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, I did not know that. That's interesting. And he proceeds to take them right off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, this is going to be a little loud, but you'll like it. <laughs> so, uh, long story short, I really liked the Modus. Mm-hmm. It was Balls powerful. Mm-hmm. I do not understand for life of me why Modus is not strapping people to these bikes for demo rides. Really? Because they just get on it, ride it, and come back and be like, yeah, take more money. It's an amazing ride. It is super comfortable. Hmm. He hasn't, you know, it, it, they've got that sergeant seat kind of thing mm-hmm. out of the factory. Yeah. And it, it's the way it's set up. Just, this is an amazing bike. It is super nice. It pulls hard it sounds awesome especially once you take the mufflers off and leave them on the floor of the garage <laughs> it's uh, there's i had no complaints with that bike when hmm. I, I took it for a ride wow it was really cool hmm. i don't understand why they're so picky about their their demo rides other than you know like we've got a demo fleet of two well okay yeah <laughs> i could see that being a problem but yeah if I that's mean, if the it's... case mm-hmm. um I, I visited a Texas dealer, mm-hmm. um, RPM yep. Cycles. Mm-hmm. They had like two of them on the floor. Yeah. Um, I think one MST and one MSTR. He said the dealer was saying they were doing pretty good business with mm-hmm. them. Um, they should be like BMW and throwing keys at people when they walk. Here, in sit the on door. this bike and ride it, so right. that you can come back and immediately try to buy it instead of being like Honda. Mm-hmm. With like, well, mm-hmm. can we run a credit check on you first? Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you have money we can hold? You know, and, mm-hmm. but it's for an Amer- It's an American bike, and it's every bit as awesome as um, Lee and the other guys from Moss said it was when mm-hmm. they came on our show. All right, then. it was just. It, I'm so glad I finally got a chance to ride that bike. Thanks, John. Did I mention I got to ride a Modus yeah, ST? I, this, mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got to ride a Modus and MST. Yeah. You know, I got to ride a Modus MST. You're really proud of yourself, on this one, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy if I get to go places and people let me ride bikes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And don't supposed to just like ignore you and pretend like you're not there. Or hand me clippers and tell me because yeah. <laughs> I was in Texas. That's sort of what I was expecting. <laughs> here's a here's a, the weed whackers in the shed out back. Well, I was expecting questions about you don't look like you're from around here. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm from Utah. Utah. Yay. <laughs> oh my heck. <laughs> Dallas was pretty cool. I want to go back. That was a lot of fun. Right. I'd like to visit Austin. I've heard a lot of really good things about Austin. Mm, yeah. Um, one of the things I got to visit in Texas was the crash site of an alien spaceship in the grave of an alien. So you were there with the with the kooks. With the kooks I was huh? there with the kooks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. I was there for a kook con. Mm-hmm. It did not disappoint. All right then. Overall, well, Texas. There's a cemetery with a, with a grave. Pl- they have a historical marker for it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Alien, naturally. 1897, alien ship crashed. They buried mm-hmm. the pilot there. Yeah. There's a local historian. They'll come out and talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For a nominal fee. No, he was actually, f- he was free. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, he has books for sale, but ah. he wasn't He wasn't selling them there. <sighs> he was just like, hey, you want to read my books? Go to Amazon. Mm-hmm. Yada, yada. Take yada. them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If the new order will let you. Because he's from Texas. So. Sure, yeah. yeah. He, knows, he knows what's really going to happen is you're going to go and you're going to search for his book and immediately they're going to come through your door, put you in a boxcar, 
mm-hmm. and cut your head off the yeah. whole bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course. But uh, no, it was it was, it was cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is a thing un kind of unmarked grave there mm-hmm. with a rock because apparently they used to have a headstone for this alien, mm-hmm. and it kept getting stolen. Strange, strange. Mm-hmm. Who would want that in their <laughs> room with? Iron Maiden posters on the wall. Yeah, it's the strangest <laughs> thing. So they had a rock instead, mm-hmm. and I was there with a bunch of group. It's big, big rock. Mm-hmm. I'm there with a bunch of kooks. First thing they all say is like, "Let's lift the rock up and turn it over," because we're in a graveyard. That makes sense. Right, for reasons. <laughs> no, am I the only one that thinks that's bad? No. Why, why do they want to turn it over? I don't know. So that they could see the hundred fucking spiders that were living underneath it. <laughs> fucking spiders. <laughs> Hundreds of them. Wait. Big ones. Wait. Alien spiders? I don't care. There were still spiders. <laughs> Alien, terrestrial, doesn't matter. Spiders. Spiders. Okay, then. Uh, we also went to Dealey Plaza. Mm-hmm. So we're, the, you know Dealey Plaza? There is a painted X on the road where JFK got shot. Wow. You can walk out into the street. There's an X. There's a literal X marking the spot where JFK's brains splattered all over other people. That's kind of morbid. Right? And people are running out there taking their picture with it. It's <laughs> a little uncomfortable. I don't know how to feel about that. So, yeah, you know, I actually missed that part of the, the thing. I That happened mm-hmm. before I came in, so I mm-hmm. heard all about it. <sighs> Moving on. Let's, Moving on let's to strange stuff. and mysterious otherworldly things. That's right. Classified ads. <laughs> I had the title. <laughs> you do? <laughs> well, I have a 2006 Yamaha motorcycle. It run good, and you can start it up, cut it off, start it back up. It runs good. Pump. <laughs> <laughs> It needs a new battery and an ailment. (laughs) (laughs) What do you start with this? $790. I have the title. (laughs) Is this title made out in crayon? This this could almost, you could almost just write not a trap on this. I just... Uh, it needs a new battery and an ailment. Do you think he means alignment? I'm sure he means alignment. Does he know that there's no such thing as alignment on a motorcycle unless it's been wrecked rather severely? I'm thinking whatever title oh, he... Oh, shit. Look at the aluminum extruded frame. The, the one that's all fucked up? The one with the big fucking dent in it. That I'm, doesn't need alignment. That needs a priest. I'm thinking... You uh, can't fix those. The title he has mm-hmm. begins with the word salvage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think so, yes. Wow. Possibly unroadworthy. Needs needs an alignment. Yeah, if your motorcycle needs an alignment, your motorcycle needs a... Wait, a, wait, no, I got it. This does, this bike's title? Mm-hmm. Yours. That's it. Yours. That's the title. Yours. <laughs> Give me $800. $800, and it's yours. <laughs> you can go get it retitled real easy. <laughs> I have the title! Go. I have the title! I like it. Start it up. Turn it right off. <laughs> really quick before you, the fire starts you, you can start it up again but just turn it right turn off it, oh god don't don't I'm gonna go wait in my car while you start it up <laughs> yeah that's uh, that's I mm, I and have the title I know I, you're always looking for a good deal Todd so mm-hmm. $800 yeah, well, you know me bargains bargains bargain 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 bargains you could hunt that bargain yes right I note that the front brake reservoir appears to be missing its cap <laughs> 
don't think that's all that's missing from this <laughs> That That seems like a safety issue to me. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out. That's your safety. That's the that's thing you're That's my safety that's, issue, yes. You're holding a cardboard piece of paper that has the word title misspelled on it in crayon. <laughs> and you're like, you know, that break was a part. <laughs> That break reservoir looks a little sketchy. That's worth at least another 20 bucks off. I think, I think you need to make this 770. You, sir, are a shrewd businessman. I do what I can, Chuck. I do what I can. A 2014 SSR Rowdy 150cc. What? I don't know. $1,950. Just reduced 2014 Rowdy with 280 miles on it, not even broke in. Has all kinds of extras, radio and MP3 predator, power ports for charging, custom skull headlamp, custom Z-bars, and too much to list. They always say that when it's not too much to list. Title in hand. Thanks. Is that like a Batwing? Uh, it looks like one of those like slipstreamer fairings that they sell that never work very well for like the you know the the eighties bikes. Custom skull headlamp. Custom skull headlamp. You know that headlamp also, by the way, I should note, looks like it came from an old eighties bike. And I don't see a skull there. Oh oh there is a skull. It's it's in the hole that would be left by the headlight in the thing where the windshield mounted to the I, correct place. I guess there are lights in the skull where the eyes uh, are. Are those lights or yeah, reflectors? Yeah, maybe they light up. Is um, that a, like a monkey skull? Or I I so many questions. That's what someone looked at this bike and was like, you know what this thing needs? It's a fucking skull skull lamp skull lamp. <laughs> and yet, thing, still yeah. twice as much as that other bike. <laughs> well, you know, uh, just reduced. So it was even more. He has a title on hand too. Mm-hmm. I mean, other dude's got a title. I don't so see what's special. I think about my that. favorite thing about this is it's got it's got 280 miles. And it's got all kinds of extras: radio and MP3 player, power ports for charging, and the skull headlamp. This person had all these plans and these dreams and, and these desires and hopes for the bike, and they're all for naught. <laughs> <laughs> all for naught. You realize I'm I'm not gonna get any dates with this thing. <laughs> This thing is not getting me any chicks at all. No one will date me at all. Would you want to ride in the back of my rowdy? You mean your ruckus? Well, it's no. It's a rowdy. It's not as cool. I, I, ruckus is expensive. <laughs> <laughs> all right, next two thousand what two thousand seven Baja with dual one hundred fifty cc engines. It's like the power of a single three hundred cc engine. Seventeen hundred dollars. Asking 1700 OBO custom build, one of a kind, and it is straight legal. Ladies, dual 150cc engines, 2400 miles, very nice. Engine. Call for more info. I live in Kansas City. <laughs> Do tell. Guess that would explain why he posted it to the Alaska Craigslist. Yes. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, Where to start? So, oh. How do you do dual? Is it a... Oh, I see. One on each side. One on each side. It's he trike. took two scooters and stuck two them... Two scooters and stuck them on either side. <laughs> Welded a, a frame kind of for him. So what happens if you take a turn too hard and one of them lifts off the ground? You lose half your power, right? Yeah. Although, you know, the interesting thing about this, so it's two scooter engines with CVTs, one on each side. Mm -hmm. That actually means it's actually kind of its own differential, doesn't it? Yes, it would. Interesting. So it would be... Because each one would be independently adjusting its CVT. Mm -hmm. I bet... This is the part that I'm going to hate myself for saying this. 
I bet for a trike, it actually rides shockingly well. <laughs> I now hate myself a little bit. Um, this was a vision. Someone had Someone, a vision. Someone had, had a, a purpose. And and two, you know, Bajas. And two Bajas. Don't forget that part. And to his credit, it looks solid. It it appears that he's actually, he's made of some, it looks like he's welded some stuff together, bolted some stuff together. Yeah. You know, if the if the frame is rigid enough, this this could actually be a, a decent riding thing. I love how he's put footrests up there. So he can kind of just stretch his feet out. Yeah, well, you know, let's, Chuck, come on. If you're riding this thing, you're riding this down the street, you got to be in a reclined position so everybody knows how cool you are. What is that on the front wheel? The front wheel? What do you mean, what's that on the front wheel? It is... It's like he's got more footrests on the front wheel, but he can't possibly reach he those. He could have footrests. Maybe he's really tall. Keep in mind what we're talking about. This is this is a 150cc Baja scooter. Okay, yeah. It, like, like you could fit it on his desk. He's stretched out like a chopper on this thing. Mm-hmm. Well, wouldn't you be? <laughs> you're riding this thing. You're like, you like, you pull up next to somebody. You know, they're on there like they're like they're high boost or something. Like <laughs> ring, ring, ring. You pull up next to him. You're like, hey, what's up? No, 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 Chuck, you're doing it wrong. You pull up. You're like, hey, oh, hey, what's up? Hey, hey. Oh, you got you got an you got an engine in that thing? Oh, oh, I got I got two. No big deal. See you later. <laughs> 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 the power of 300 cc's and two cylinders wow uh-huh that's uh that um you know i i can appreciate how it looks though yeah because it doesn't look like it was slapped together it with does duct not tape. look that slapped together with duct tape and oh. and you know the the basic design of two cvts one on either side would work Again, I feel really dirty saying this, <laughs> but it would work. Yeah, and he's got some storage. She's, you know, it's quite the thing. It's the thing. And which one is the twenty four hundred miles on? That's the real question. <laughs> twenty four hundred miles on what? You know what? I bet he just went down to AutoZone, bought two brand new one hundred and fifty cc scooters. That's entirely possible. These are the AutoZone this. scooters. He walked into AutoZone, his eyes wide with a vision. He knew what I he need wanted that to do, and that. <laughs> I have a plan, sir. Do you need Do you need someone to help you carry the other one? No. <laughs> I just need to buy those and that welder over there. <laughs> Just put it all in the back of the truck. Put it in the truck. <laughs> I got to stop at a barbecue joint on the way home. <laughs> hey, it's Kansas City. Clearly. Sure, yeah. yeah, yeah right. Barbecue. Yeah. That's what you do. Next. <clears throat> oh, God. A custom-built ATV <laughs> Honda Yamaha combination. That's like three things in one. It's, it's this a- custom-built ATV is half Honda Odyssey and half Yamaha. It has a Yamaha 400 twin and a 1971 Opel four-speed transmission. With the six-speed in the Yamaha transmission and the Opel four-speed, it has 24 gears and six speeds (laughs) in reverse. (laughs) Presently not in running condition. (laughs) I can't imagine why it wouldn't be. Oh. This thing has been sitting... Oh, my God. Look at those tires. And six speeds in reverse. This this, I, this thing has been sitting outside for a while. Not going anywhere. Not going I can't anywhere. imagine how you would not get two joint transmissions to work. I mean, come on. 
I kind of expect to see my friend Ro in the background of one of these pictures with a truck. <laughs> trying to sneak up on it. <laughs> it's not like he's going to run away. <laughs> I mean, how do you... This thing's got to be a nightmare to shift. <laughs> do they do like a twin stick, like a truck? Which uh, is a nightmare to shift. one stick... And yeah. then is there like a is that another one on the other side? I guess they got it's got to be a twin sticker. Wow, that's, that's incredibly hard to drive. For that's, the record, uh, twin sticks are wicked hard. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, actually, they're hard every few gears. <laughs> that's uh, wow. Uh huh. Just drink it all. Six man. speeds in reverse. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're backing up, sometimes you want to back up slow, and sometimes you want to back up fast. <laughs> Wait, 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 I have a question. Does it have reverse overdrive? <laughs> you know, because when I'm riding around in reverse, I'm really worried about my gas mileage. I mean, you don't you don't want it to be a gas hog if you're going in reverse because you're backing up to get to the station. Yeah. And if you don't have overdrive to back up to get to the gas station that you just missed, then, you know, you could totally run out of gas. And that would be embarrassing to run out of gas near a gas station. I mean, I've done it. It's embarrassing. Clearly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's neat. I think it makes sense. <laughs> this is a great idea. I can see nothing wrong with this. You should buy this. Uh, hey, you know, it's more expensive than the uh, than the one where he has the title. The, the, yeah, I was going to say, it's like nine bucks more. Which which would you buy? Um, I'm, I'm thinking I still might go for the title because I could talk that guy down. By <laughs> this guy, I mean, he's like, he'll be like, oh, how many gears do you have? Oh, you've got six? Huh. That's that's I have, cute. I have twenty four. That's You're adorable. adorable. <laughs> Get out. Uh, our last dad. This one's a bit of a unique one. <laughs> what the hell have we been looking at so far? Harley Davidson or Victory in Albuquerque? It's a picture of a wedding ring. Uh huh. Yeah. Willing. What? Oh. Go, keep going. Yeah, go. Willing to trade my Jared ring worth twelve thousand for your Harley Davidson or Victory? Beautiful engagement ring. All women would love this ring. Except me. <laughs> <laughs> Lifetime diamond guaranteed with Jared. Free six-month inspection and cleaning. All diamond warranted. 14-carat uh-huh. white gold, 10 brilliant diamond, and 1 brilliant 1.25-carat diamond. Half paperwork and weight and clarity. Size 6 can be sized. Hold on one second. So you know what happened here? Oh, I, I can come up with a lot of things that happened here. What I'm thinking is mm-hmm. uh, all, all the obvious ugliness happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. she went to Jared, back mm-hmm. to Jared, and said, yeah. you know, I want to sell this ring back to you. And they offered like a grand. If that. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, ha, 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 It's yours. <laughs> Get out. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's an ugly, ugly truth you find out when you try to sell a ring after it's been bought at full price. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it turns out that's not what it's really worth. <laughs> turns out you find out that, yeah, you're when they say you're wearing a rock on your finger, you're, you're pretty much just wearing a rock on your mm-hmm. finger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no one wants it. <laughs> nope. Not a bit uh, of it. But, you know, maybe maybe that Harley or Victory is out there for her. Well, you know, I'm thinking... She'll be able to find something nice. She, you know, she's getting out of a bad relationship, and Mm -hmm. she's like, this is my chance to learn to ride. I'm going to go out. I'm going to be on the open road, Mm -hmm. you know, find myself. Yep, yep. Here's a ring. (laughs) Give me your bike. 
Here's a ring. Only worn a couple times. Surely there is a pirate out there mm-hmm. who desperately needs his ring. I really want an engagement ring, but I don't want to have to, you know. I, don't I got pay. two bikes. Yeah, two bikes. Mm. And who knows, you know. He, they go to meet up. They make this deal. Their eyes lock. Ah, oh, maybe they'll they'll give her the bike and then give her the ring. Sparks fly. It's like it's a win-win. She he gives the ring back to her, which won't be at all weird. Like this isn't weird to begin with. I mean, I mean, let's be fair. It's right size, right? Yeah, <laughs> you already know it fits. <laughs> fits. You already know it's one she likes. <laughs> You like this size and style. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that she doesn't like it that much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all the, it's the feeling that counts, you know? Mm-hmm. Wow. Size six. Nice small hands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm pulling for you. Yep. Good, good luck. There's just all kinds of sad stories we behind hope, stuff like that. We hope you find the bike you're looking for. And the biker you're looking for. Uh, maybe if she just finds the bike. It's probably good enough. All right. So our guest this week. Okay, so we're on with Sharon Faith of uh, MotoMavenLife.com. Hi, Sharon. Hello, how are you? I'm doing great. Todd, do you know who our guest is? Well, I I know that I like her already. Let me stop you right there. Oh, you said picture. (laughs) This is our guest. Oh, my. Oh my, yes, that's me, posing, I'm assuming. Posing with a V-Strom. Yeah, she has, yes. yeah, well, you know, the bike aside. I could tell I like her already. Yeah. This, <laughs> the, so I have I have Sharon's calendar here. She, oh, neat. Okay. Yeah. Oh, there's a whole calendar. Cool. Yeah, it's a whole calendar. She with even, V-Stroms like, in the background. Signed it and stuff. You know, you got to let go of this whole V-Strom thing. I just... Okay, well, tell, tell us the truth, Sharon. Do you, do, you, do you pose with the V-Strom because it's like posing next to an ugly person? <laughs> you always look a little better. No, I'm madly in love with my V-Strom, so that was the whole point of the calendar, really. You and I will get along great. I you are tell. not yes. making a calendar of yourself with your <laughs> Totally making a yeah, calendar of the Yeah, let's get strom. yours. Let's, let's, wait, um, actually, let's no, wait. Yours. I take that back. It. This is a good idea. The we should have a Todd Strom calendar. The calendar will be called Dirt and Road Cheese, the calendar. <laughs> I like this idea. We can make some money, finally. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's... Five, of maybe even six of people who would want to see you with your shirt off. <laughs> could happen. Or a tank you top. You could have the wheel nerds calendar. Yeah, that could work. No one's going to see me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sharon, one big thing you, you just did, you just got back from uh, the Daytona Bike Week, right? I did. I went down there for a couple nights of camping. Of course, it does last much longer than that. But um, it's pretty much the same. They have... Uh, Bike Week and Biketoberfest, mm-hmm. so two huge events. And I got to meet uh, Doug Watke and Polly Marinova, if you're familiar with either one of them. Um, don't actually recognize either name. Okay. Pretty fun. Yeah, lots of bikes. And one of the guys that was camping with us uh, is a bike builder, and he ended up winning like seven different awards, so that was pretty fun. Oh, cool. Well. What kind of bikes does he do? Does he do like the custom cruiser type of stuff? Or? Yeah, it was a, a custom build Sportster, I believe is what mm-hmm. the winner was, and wrapped with leather. And But it was the 75th anniversary, so there was thousands and thousands of people in motorbikes in Florida, oh, Daytona, Florida. It's pretty wild. 
I've never been to Bike Week. Is it essentially like Sturgis except on the Warmer? beach? <laughs> well, I have never been to Sturgis, so I can't really compare. Oh. But uh, there, it started out with uh, racing, motorcycle racing, and so there's a lot of competition. Um, as far as the actual part that gets more publicity is the Main Street, you know, where they used to you know, lift up shirts and have kind of a Mardi Gras feel. Mm -hmm. That's kind of calmed down a bit. But it's really, uh, there's obviously the partying side of it, but it's more about racing and there's a lot of uh, competitions, which I saw more of this year. I didn't know really that much about that part. Mm -hmm. A lot of magazines show up, bike builders from all over the world show up. You know, it's pretty cool. All motos all the time. Can't go wrong with that. Sounds like not a good city to have a car in at that moment. <laughs> no. And, and pretty much lots of scantily clad bartenders, so that's always fun, mm-hmm. too. That's that's how I, I got through college, is scantily clad bartending. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, they, I was being paid to put clothes on, but I started out scantily sure, clad. Sure, it makes sense. Yeah. But, you know, by the end of the night, I'd be wearing a, an Sweater. underwater diving suit. <laughs> your, your, your chaps with uh, your assless chaps. So now I, I what, people always say assless chaps, but I would like to point out that assed chaps are called pants. Yeah, <laughs> we don't know anything about pants in Florida. So would they be like <laughs> pants without a crotch? I don't, I don't know. Because <laughs> if, they're, if they're to be found, let's be honest, they're probably somewhere in Florida. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's like the whole deal of chaps is it's, you know, there's no crotch, mm-hmm. there's no back, so yeah. there would just be mm-hmm. you'd have like everything but your crotch. Mm. In case, you know, your gonorrhea strikes. <laughs> yeah. Noise. I think the visual is something I'm over with. <laughs> and changing the right, so, Carry on. So one thing you I've noticed that you've done is you've made a lot of videos on your YouTube channel where you're interviewing other writers. Yeah. I, it's a project I started about a year ago. I, you know, I'm just traveling around. I meet so many cool people. And I always just kind of wonder, I know motorcycling changed my life completely. And I always wonder like what it's done for them. And so just for fun, I don't know how to edit or do anything like that. It's all very rough. And um, Hey, you and I, I are in the same boat. <laughs> and I've accumulated some amazing interviews and met all kinds of cool people. And, you know, luckily I'm not very shy. So I'll pretty much go up and ask anyone. And uh, it's been really fun. It's really cool. So, so uh, now uh, you, you've intrigued me now. So motorcycling really changed your life. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Oh, gosh. Well, it's hard to remember what life was like before motorcycles. Mm. But um, <laughs> but appar- apparently I had one because I, you know, made it. I've only been riding about eight years. And, um, you know, I took the class and just kind of was one of those things I wanted to, you know, just do for myself, take the class and. And if I loved it, great. If not, I, you know, something I've accomplished. And um, then I took the class and got my first bike, and it just changed my life. Like, I had no idea that I would fall madly in love with it. And it just changed everything about my life. Everything that I, I looked at things differently, was totally obsessed. And I, at first, I was had a little cruiser. And um, my friend in Alabama said, come up and visit me. And that's about 350 miles from where I live, where he lived. And I was like, okay. So I hopped on my little Vulcan 500, you know, and ran up to Alabama on the back roads of Georgia. And I was like, this is it. I was born for long distance riding. (laughs) And um, 
it was just so awesome. I call it state line fever when I just want to get on my bike and cross some state lines. Now, this is kind of cool. How many miles did you put on your first bike? I had that bike for two years, and I put 25,000 miles on it. Nice. <laughs> Holy crap, right? That's fantastic. Yeah. My little Kawasaki Vulcan 500. <laughs> well, you know, in, in fairness, the nice thing about a Vulcan 500 is it's the little, and I say this with air quotes, Kawasaki Vulcan 500. And if somebody shows up on a big twin, you can just be like, bye. <laughs> I know. Well, you're not, not boom, more like, yeah, but, and I love I loved that bike. I mean, I was madly in love with it. So, what made you pick out a Strom? Good Other taste, than, you know, temporary, excellent sanity, taste. Yeah, heat, <laughs> blackmail, bug bite, uh, a blow to the head. <laughs> well, uh, oddly enough, I think my V Strom found me. But um, oh yeah, like a horror movie. I've seen that. <laughs> Guys, don't you have some sound effects over there? Uh, yeah, yeah. You were you were sitting there by yourself in the darkness, and suddenly there was a noise. It went. What is that? Wiki 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 wiki. You sound way too familiar to that. Those Strom's wiki wiki noise. Am am I not making the Strom noise exactly accurately? Of the idle noise of a Strom. Well, as my one Harley friend says, it sounds like a lawnmower. <laughs> personally, I think it purrs. Yeah, let's see. How did I find? Oh, I, I actually went to look at a Kawasaki Concourse. Ooh. And while I was talking to the sales guy, he was just kind of going over the bike. And I saw behind him a V-Strom. I was like, what is that bike? His voice just went from... <laughs> And this has a big carbon and ha 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 That's exactly what happened. And, um, you know, I think so. she's describing the plot of the movie Christine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did do my research before you guys called. No. <laughs> so, and then I just found, uh, I talked to a few people and they were like, that's a great bike for you. That would be a great bike for you. So I actually was at this uh, thing here called Riding Into History, which is a vintage bike show we have once a year Hmm. at World Golf Village. And um, one of my friends from the Suzuki Club had a buddy that had the bike I have now for sale. So there you have it. So is yours a 650 or 1,000? It's a 650, 2007. Okay. How many miles have you put on it? On that bike, let's see, I've put... um, Probably about seventy thousand miles on it. Wow! <laughs> How many miles does yours have, Todd? Mine has about sixty, but I've had it for ten years, so you know. <laughs> we still love you. That's whoa, okay. whoa, whoa, whoa! Unfort- Let's not jump to Unfort- it. Well, okay. When I, when I first got it, I will say I was I was like you. I was like, looks over, look over at my wife and be like, "Honey, you want to go for a ride?" She goes, "Yeah, get the camping stuff." We throw it on the bike and just go. You know, we were running 15,000 on the clock a year. And then we had kids, and uh, we don't put that many on the clock now. Now you barely show up. <laughs> okay, maybe you should get a sidecar for your V-Strom, then you can throw the whole family in there. You know, you know it's, funny it's funny you, you mentioned that. that. <laughs> As I did just buy a sidecar. Your second one. My second one. Yeah. Uh, it's ill-suited to the Strom. I'm probably going to find, like, a bandit or something to attach it to. Mm-hmm. Because I don't particularly want to pay for the subframe for a Strom. Yeah, I'm, I'm still w- sticking with the Euro for now. I like it. 
Yeah, those are cool. I'm going to blow you away. I outran the Ural. Go me. <laughs> Todd, let's be honest. You could just be walking alongside me. With a broken leg. And outrun me mm-hmm. on the Ural. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> it, it doesn't take much. As, as much as my daughter would like the BMW with the mm-hmm. sidecar, I'm just not sure. Yeah, yeah. No. Now, as, as it happens, actually, the, the my wife does not ride on the back of the V-Strom largely because I foolishly got the Ural, and she's like, oh, I like the sidecar. This is nice. Do you want to ride on the back of the V-Strom? No. No, hell no. <laughs> no, forget it. <laughs> yeah, I got to test ride a Ural in Arizona at the Overland Expo, and I got to do it on pavement and dirt. That thing was so much fun. They're they're a hoot until you try to go fast on them, and they're less of a hoot. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going very fast. Todd had a very scarring day of, of trying to do some interstate travel on one. It went badly. It ended with weeping <laughs> a little bit. And I, I thought that for a brief minute there, I thought for sure we were going to have to call someone to, to tow it. <laughs> Which we sort of did, but... On the way back, but you made it there on the way. I sure you made did. it there on the day. I made it there. But that, that one stop at the gas station where you just slumped over, and I thought you died. No. <laughs> I was just like, "Oh no, what am I going to do? Where am I going to put the body?" In the sidecar. No, Sharon, you don't understand. I want to keep the sidecar. <laughs> yeah, but you can just shove it in the nose of the sidecar until you can dispose of it someplace out in the Utah desert. You've given this a lot of thought. <laughs> that that, that, in, that entails she a whole lot. didn't hesitate with that answer. There's a whole lot more. Touch- I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> that answer entails a whole lot more touching of Todd than I'm comfortable <laughs> with normally. So, so Sharon, I've got I've got a question for you. Total total change of topics. So, okay. um, being a woman and being a motorcyclist. Now, I, I'm motorcycling should be a sport where it doesn't matter if you're male or female because you know it's like your skills on the bike. And yet, it's still like this very guy-dominated sport. Um, why do you think that is? Um, well, gosh. <laughs> How long is this show? No, I'm just joking. Um, I, you know, it is a male-dominated industry, as is quite a few things. And um, I think that the reason, like, we don't have a lot of gear to choose from. Um, there's... There's a lot of, not to sound like, you know, step on toes, like women are less ego-filled. So it's like I think the separation is more obvious when we're out riding. I've ridden with groups of men and women. I've ridden with just women. I've ridden in groups where I'm the only woman. And, um, you know, the dynamic is always different. And I have also found that between just the ladies in it, because we are kind of a small ind- small part of the industry, uh, the passion is so huge, and so when we do get to finally meet and get together, you know, it's it's just something, a force to be reckoned with kind of thing. But I think it's just because maybe of the danger aspect of it or the thought of danger mm-hmm. um, where, I guess, in a primal way, <laughs> you know, men are kind of protective. I don't – I'm just going out on a limb there. You know, that's interesting because now that I think about it, every female writer I've met, like Sharon or um, mm. Joanne or um, from the Adventure Trio, she's going to kill me because I can't Sandy. remember her name. Sandy. Sandy. They all have very, very large personalities, very broad, exuberant, you know, outgoing kind of personalities mm-hmm. versus, you know, a sociopath like me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Yeah, although I'm thinking of a few female riders I know, and they're extremely quiet types. You okay. Know, I'm thinking of Steph, who, you know, will complain that she's not fast, but will get on her bike and ride 500 miles in a day slowly. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, it's. Hmm. For me, I I find that. Um, I mean, I've heard the word empowered used a lot, but I think what I find is my personal confidence, completely unrelated to the outside world, is enhanced when I'm riding. Mm. Like if I have to do something stressful and I'm able to ride my motorcycle to it, then um, I find that I have a much better outcome. That's true for me, too. I think that works for everyone. Riding makes everything better. (laughs) It really does, yeah. I'm riding to my funeral, damn it. Exactly. Just, just duct tape me down. <laughs> I'm putting that in the will. You, you, you better make sure that happens. I'll make sure it happens. Yeah. And light the bike on fire. Okay. I think that'd be cool. <laughs> I just want to add, too, that um, I also find that uh, for the majority of the men, when there are women riders around, it, you know, it's not a negative thing at all for me. I haven't really had a negative experience. It's more... Especially when you come across women who do do a lot of miles or go to different locations, you know it's more like "Wow, you you go, girl!" kind of attitude. Mm-hmm. I'm always excited to meet women who ride. Mm. That's that's cool. Now, now, have you encountered the sort of assumptive, lazy sexism? I mean, I'm thinking of you know you walk into a shop with seventy thousand miles on a fairly young bike. Where's your husband? Is he here to help you yes. buy a bike? <laughs> well, I do live in the South. I do, I, we got this whole line of pink helmets you can come look at. There's like two of them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, well, I actually kind of laugh it off, and I personally know what I've accomplished, and I don't feel the need to prove anything mm-hmm. to anyone. Um, I Down here, I have definitely come across a lot of that where I'll go into a motorcycle shop with a friend of mine, possibly a male friend who doesn't even ride a motorcycle, and I'll ask a question and they'll answer to him. Uh, And he's looking at, you know, looking there like, what? I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) I've encountered that same thing, Sharon, actually. When (laughs) When I've gone to a motorcycle shop with Todd, they assume I'm his hired help. Yeah. So, so you get the questions or the answers i get i get the silent treatment i get i get handed a pair of shears and told to go clip the the bushes outside you you get some crayons and a piece of paper some crayons, <laughs> sometimes they'll take a picture of me and put make a poster that says do not serve yeah put you in the little corner stay right here by mr plant yeah 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 but also i have five brothers and so i really I'm okay with anything they can dish out, really. The amount of crap she takes is zero. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I am not too bothered by it. I could see, yeah, following your blog, you do a lot of like moto rentals and uh, moto tour type deals, it seems. Yes, when I discovered that you could fly and rent and ride, it changed my life. Have you, been, <laughs> have you gone on any of the guided kind of tours or have you mostly done the solo rental stuff? Well, I did go on one tour in Peru. And um, I chose a tour because I I went with Peru Moto Tours. And, you know, I don't speak Spanish. And I had never been out of the country at this point on on a motorcycle tour. I mean, on a motorcycle. So it seemed like the safest route. And um, 
so I went there and luckily it was just a small group. It was me and the guide and then two other guys, one from Canada and one from England. Oh. And um, it was amazing. I had never really done any off-road riding and it was probably about 700 miles, I think, total, seven or 800 miles. And um, mostly dirt up in the Andes Mountains and it was it was amazing. It was awesome. And I don't regret it at all. The guy that took such good care of us and, you know, he knew the whole route was chosen. All the hotels were set up. Uh, the motorcycles were taken care of. Um, it was great. It was a great experience. But then for after I discovered that and anywhere that's kind of English speaking, I've just decided to go solo. I prefer sometimes to ride solo. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I've rented up in Alaska. I rented a motorcycle and I rented up the west the west coast. I picked up a bike in LA and dropped it off in Portland, kind of zigzagged my way up California. Mm-hmm. And let's see. I rented for only one day when I was in Australia. I was down there on a work trip and I got one day to ride, which oh. is better better than no day. Mm-hmm. That's very <laughs> true. Very true. Did so, you spend the whole time screaming as you ran down what felt like the wrong side of the road? <laughs> the only time it was a little scary was when I was in a left curve and a big semi came on my right. I was like, whoa. For me, <laughs> I, I think the scariest part would be every time I went to put on the helmet. Because for sure, there's <laughs> got to be something in there that's going to kill me. Yeah, because it's Australia. Mm-hmm. Something has, has to have crawled in. It's got 10, 12 legs, yep. big fangs, <laughs> and it's waiting to kill me. You're like, did I put my hair up? Because my, my helmet feels funny. <laughs> That, that's what would scare me. Every picture I see of Australia, it's something trying to kill yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. I didn't see anything that tried to kill me. Okay. Let me ask you this, because one of the things, we, we've talked to a couple of tour operators, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it sounds really cool, but the big thing is, like, that's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. So how do you feel about the value proposition now that you've done at least one of these? Um, well, Peru Moto Tours was, I think, a great value for what I got, but it was also in Peru, which is a, you know, a lesser expensive country. Um, part of the reason why I go solo is because the tours are so expensive, so I just kind of hijack their route and then make, make my own, you know, and I don't have to, I can stop anywhere I want, stay in my own different levels of hotels, um, there's always people on the road, so it's not like I'm really solo. But I haven't been on really any of the larger companies that are available. Mm-hmm. Um, I did do Rawhide, the off-road class. Oh, really? How was yeah. that? To me, that uh, you know, everyone says how expensive it is. Yeah. But for for me, that was worth the money. It, it was pricey, but to me. I didn't know any of that stuff before I left, even before I went to it. So to me, it was great. That's why you hire professionals, you know? Did you do it on one of their bikes or did you take the Strom out? No, I rented because it's in, it's north of LA. Yeah. So I rented a GS650. Did you get to try their wine? (laughs) I didn't try their wine. No. Oh, I've been real curious about the Rawhide Vintage. I hear good things. Yeah, but they did have a chef there. Why are you looking at me like that? (laughs) You're in you're in Northern California and you're trying the rawhide vintage. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god. Well, these are the people who bring an espresso bar to the Overland Expo. Uh-huh. Okay. That's <laughs> fair. they're classy. 
Well, when you go to they're classy motherfuckers, man. Come on. <laughs> when you go to Overland Expo, I'm sure they'll have wine there. Well, the one time I went, they, they had the coffee bar, and I I couldn't get close enough. They caught me. They would see me coming on to the the rawhide area, crayons, paper, corn. guys with black t-shirts and sunglasses would escort me out. <laughs> As you know, I just I I'm I'm a different class of consumer. <laughs> <laughs> Two buck chuck rides again. <laughs> but um, actually, yeah, tell tell us more about the rawhide experience because we've been really curious about that, mm-hmm. and we're broke, and they won't talk to us. <laughs> well, I flew. I did the intro. The I forget what it was called, like uh, intro to adventure or something like that. The basic off road mm-hmm. class, and then I did the two days uh, base camp alpha, and. That sounds so macho. I know. <laughs> it was very cool. I was at Base Camp Alpha. Yeah. <laughs> How was it? Was it rough? Was it tumble? The espresso was slightly overdone. <laughs> well, like I said, they had a chef there. The food is amazing, too. But um, the, the facility is really cool, and it's just set up to learn how to ride off-road. All, they have, I think, three different level classes. And um, they just taught me things, you know, Jim Hyde asked me at the end, he's like, you know, what'd you take away kind of? And I'm like, I I did things this weekend that I only ever dreamt about, you know, that I could actually do. And, um, and then she opens up her jacket and all this espresso spills out. (laughs) Yeah, really. (laughs) Like stealing espresso. (laughs) So it was, it was fun. You know, they had great teachers and the way that they, you know, told us, showed us and then let us do it. And it was really, was really cool. And there was probably, at that class, there was, I think, maybe six women, which is pretty good. Oh, wow. And, you know, it was definitely an adventure. And I had never camped in the desert, so the Base Camp Alpha thing for me was really cool. That was um, after we learned everything for two days, then we actually got to go out into the quote-unquote real world and, you know, do what we learned. Mm-hmm. It was exciting. That's pretty cool. So have you, have you applied the lessons on the Strom? I have tried a few things. Um, down here, there's mostly just sand, so they had a sand pit set up, <laughs> you know. And the Strom just kind of augers down into the yeah. sand. <laughs> well, they taught us how to ride on sand out there, so I said, okay, this part I really got to pay attention to because I live in Florida. You're taking notes. She's got, she's got a whole <laughs> notebook full of sand notes. Yeah. So basically, you know, look straight ahead and, and ride, ride fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That works really well. The one time I rode in sand, Todd stopped me first. And he was like, "Wait, wait, wait! Let me set let up me, the camera. Let me, get a, let me get a video ready. <laughs> let me just let me get the lights set up and check the light meter and uh, you know sound. That's okay. Good. Proceed." <laughs> and I disappointed you because I, I made it right through. I cried a little. <laughs> <laughs> the, on his Ulysses with 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 like ninety nine one street dirt tires. <laughs> Most, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if even that one, more like, you know, half. The one's pushing it. Yeah, half, half, yeah. yeah, that doesn't work but, so well. Did you see anyone biff it really hard on the uh, Rawhide class? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> did you? Uh, I only did it one time, yeah. Did, did they get mad when you crashed their bike? Nope. Nope. Nobody got mad. Mm-mm. Oh, nice. No, the bikes are all stripped down, so, you know, they're... They're kind of used to it. They're still like, what, BMW GS800s? or? Uh, they're all BMWs. There's 650s, 800s, and 1200s. Which one do you ride for the class? 
I actually got the 650 because I thought it would okay. be closer to the size of same size as my bike, but the GS650 what? is very, no. very, very <laughs> tiny. <laughs> What? Yeah, no. Yeah, because yeah. I, I was hoping to, you know, have something very similar to mine. So I should have gotten the 800, but, you know, I didn't really know anything about BMW, so. My overriding sensation of the F650 after riding on a Strom was, where is the bike? Yeah. <laughs> there is no bike in front of you, and it's unsettling. It's like a unicycle. You feel like you hanging over the front wheel. <laughs> is that the one that's a lot more like a dirt bike, or is that the 800? Uh, it's more dirt bikey. It's just, it's the one Claire had, the little yellow thing he had. Yeah, mine was yellow. The one I had was yellow. I thought that was the ER6. No, the ER6 is blue. Oh. Yeah. I can't keep up with Both of them bikes. feel like you're hanging over the front wheel if you've been riding a Strom for a while. Yeah, the Strom is... Well, for God's sakes, look at the front of the Strom, man. It's pretty well, big. It's, it's just, there's room for switches and, and gadgets. It's and, like this giant and and bulbous onion that with handlebars. And, and you can, and it can hold dead birds when they fly <laughs> into the front. It eats them. It eats them. <laughs> yeah, just just wait until the first time a bird flies in front of your strom and gets stuck between the uh, the uh, radiator and the side of the fa- fairing. You won't be laughing. <laughs> no. You don't have a lot of good options at that. No, point. that doesn't sound pleasant. T- tell us about motostays.com. All right. Are you familiar with MotoStays at all? Oh, God, no. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, Tad and Gayla, they started this company. They're out of Issaquah, Washington, and they're actually moving to Germany. It's pretty exciting. And um, Is the company going with them? Uh, well, it's a global company, oh, okay. So, but started out here, and it's kind of the same concept of Airbnb, but it's just motorcyclists, you know, helping and housing other motorcyclists. So um, if you join the network, then, you know, if you're in my area, you browse and, and then you have places to stay. So not only are you saving money on hotels and such, you're also getting local knowledge and, you know, people like on there, when I, I was on there, I have, you know, I have a garage, I have Wi-Fi, you know, we know what you need because we ride motorcycles. So if you come stay here, you don't have to, you know, be like, uh, do you have a, you know, a tire pump or a wrench or chain lube? Like we have all that stuff. So, and there's a map on the wall that says go here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they're actually opening it. Um, you know, the company's been around a couple years, and it's just growing the network of people. And uh, I had a couple cool Moto Stay adventures where I was actually, when I was in Utah, I was wanted to looking for a Moto Stay in the Salt Lake area, and I had contacted a guy on there, and he wasn't home. He was actually riding back from the East Coast, and so it ended up working out where we got to share a room in the Grand Tetons National Park. So that was kind of cool. And then um, I also stayed with the Moto Stays when I went to Alaska in Anchorage. And they gave me tons of local knowledge, you know, and told me all kinds, all kinds of information that I couldn't really find, you know, online or in a book or anything. Just the, the local knowledge is really important, I think. Oh, sure. Finding good places to eat and just, you know, we, we kind of know each other. We're all from the same tribe, us motorcycle people. Mm-hmm. So does it? Do you pay a fee when you join, or is it just you're paying a fee when you're staying somewhere? You don't pay a fee to stay to be part of the network. Oh, um, okay. There is an annual membership fee. Uh, I th- 
not quite sure what it is right now. And then there's I also some businesses sign, on there too. I assume you have to sign some sort of, you know, I am not an axe murderer <laughs> form. Um, I don't know if that box is on there, but I'll, I'll bring that up to Tad. <laughs> Good. I'm in. <laughs> Take that penal system. Yeah. I don't think that you'll be clicking that box though. So, um, it's just really cool. And you know, they're the P I met them at Overland Expo, Tad and Gala. And, um, you know, they were just kind of explaining it to me and I I've stayed, you know, I've met people through Facebook and, and other friends where I've stayed at their homes, just in the motorcycle community. So it kind of makes perfect sense, I think. Are you going to be hitting Overland Expo this year? I am going to try. I'm not sure. I probably will definitely, probably definitely, if that's even a thing. Be <laughs> it is now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a girl. I think I'm allowed to say that. But um, <laughs> That's usually how I got turned down for dates. Probably yeah. definitely. Hey, bye. Yeah. It means I can change my mind at any moment. So, um, but the one on the East Coast, because that's just like an eight-hour motorcycle ride away. Mm -hmm. So, West Coast, I don't know. If I can make it, I would love to go. Yes. All right, cool. Uh, well, let's see. You, you've got several websites here. Uh, one is motomavenlife.com. We'll put links in up on our show notes. Mm -hmm. And you also have a blog at 226motoadventures.blogspot.com. Yes. Um, anywhere else people can find you? Um, uh, Facebook. I use Facebook a lot. It's a great tool. Okay. We'll put a link to your, your uh, you just started like a Facebook community page. Community page. We'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for talking to us tonight, Sharon. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Girls who ride bikes. My God. And, and don't even have to, you know, sell engagement rings to do it. <laughs> I think her taste in bikes is impeccable. I mean, it's just no getting around it. Yeah, okay. She rides a strum. We get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. World's domination continues apace. All right. We got it. But bit by bit. You're also riding a bandit. Well, it, it, riding the is probably baguette. overstating it. <laughs> I will be riding a bandit. Riding, in, riding on top of one which runs sometimes and swearing at it a blue streak is more accurate. Uh -huh. We have mail. <gasps> Hooray! Yay. Alex writes, uh, Annoyingly, too many of the ads in my area use actual punctuation mm. and good pictures, but mm -hmm. you might take some interest in the few I have found. And he actually gave us the one, a lot of ones we used uh, on tonight's show. Mm. I'm only on episode 84, working my way up from the beginning since finding your awesome podcast. Still not sure if Chuck actually separated from his wife or if it was an <laughs> elaborate gag. Yeah, that, that, that happened. I guess future episodes will reveal the truth. Yep. Spoilers. <laughs> I'm addicted to you two handsome men. No homo. And think you need to get paid for your hilarious antics. Mm -hmm. Okay, so first off, he's asking about my ex-wife mm -hmm. and calling us handsome, and he's claiming no homo. Uh, I got questions. He's protesting too much. Mm -hmm. For the I record, I'm taken. Mm -hmm. And so's he. And also for the record, fine sponsorship opportunities abound for wheel nerds. But call wheel nerds today for sponsorship opportunities. You're asking the listeners. I don't really care. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Do you have a business you want us to plug that is totally show appropriate? We'll talk. You want to just donate money to us to help us uh, balance our monthly expenses? Knock yourself out. Yay. 
<laughs> Turns out, the more of you enjoy the show, the more of you download it, and the, the host gets a little angry about that. Oh, I should bring up the fact we're going to be changing hosts real soon mm-hmm. here to one that's actually charging us uh, more money. <laughs> so we, we might be passing around the hat a little more aggressively in the future or offering like a Patreon kind of thing. Ooh. Or premium content. Yeah, premium content. Which consists entirely of us making fart noises under our armpits. But you could watch they us don't even know that drink happens. beer or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Pictures of my dick. <laughs> I don't know if that counts as premium content. <laughs> That's like basic internet right there. <laughs> if you type in pictures of Ch, you actually just, just auto fills into pictures of Chuck's Chuck dick. dick. <laughs> 15 pages worth of. 150,000 results found. <laughs> I wish I could say you're lying. <laughs> Next. Sean writes, Hey guys, just started listening to your podcast and love it. I am Look at this, all these new listeners. The love. I am emailing you regarding the alcohol, tobacco, and caffeine podcast. Christ, which one was that? I don't know. Aren't the they whole all middle section? <laughs> I am an instructor here in Idaho and enjoyed hearing how the MSF system is working and some of the developments within the program. I would like to hear more from Todd on training students, and I'm wondering if you remember any of the podcasts that may have focused on training. I did look through the descriptions, but couldn't find much. Anyway, thanks for the entertainment and ride safe. Oh, and lay off the poor Buells. One day I hope to move up in the world to ride one, just as long as Chuck hasn't worked on it. What are you riding now? Two Bajas stuck together into a three-wheeler? <laughs> ah, jokes on you I've touched them all eh, that's probably true uh, I can't think of an episode that we concentrated on training on uh, the, well, the Dale episodes of course Dale, uh, the Huff Crash? episodes are worth looking at Crash yeah, yeah, also Crash, worth like some of our earlier episodes mm-hmm. I think yeah the David Huff episodes the Crash episode mm. Dale episode quite Claire? training focus Claire kind of Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it pops up sometimes. It's, you know, it is what it is. He wants to hear more about you berating students. Oh, I, I will. So, so my, you, you, oh you my remember? Oh, my God, I got to go. You, you remember when I told you about Sunny Boy and Dad, and Dad didn't you, do so hot, and yeah. Sunny Boy did well? Yeah. Dad came back and passed, and I actually just retested him for a 650 and up license on oh, Sunday. Nice. So that was cool to see him back. How did he do? That was gratifying. He did great. Yeah. He said he came back for the second day. He said, I'm so glad you sent me back for the second day. He came in. He did the class. He had the best score in the class mm-hmm. and felt 100 times better, and he did great on the 650. So apparently I did the right thing. What did he test on? Oh, it's, a, it's a savage. Okay. Yeah. I'm just wondering what he's writing. He's got his – it wasn't his. It was ours. Oh. Yeah. You guys provide the bikes for up-testing. We have a savage for up-testing if people oh, are really okay. desperate. All right, cool. But that you guys prefer you bring your own, right? For well, that. if you bring your own, you have time to practice on it. Yeah. The Savage, I can give you like a couple laps around the parking lot, and then I got to kind of get your ass in gear because I got a line of people behind you. Okay. So, so would you do you do that like during the normal class, or would you schedule something up uh, after the class? Okay. Typically, right. if you pass on the two fifty and you don't scare the crap out of me, we'll talk about the Savage. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, all right. Ryan tweeted to us: Do you think anyone will make the electric equivalent of a Strom? Mm. Your mom did last night, Ryan. That was unkind. Was that? Uh, but wait, it's Twitter, right? I mean, that's what we do on Twitter, right? Oh, right. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, Seriously, though. Uh, yeah. Uh, you, you think? I mean, come on. <laughs> on. On an electric bike and a Strom, it's it's like the perfect storm of motorcycle dork all together. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
<laughs> like, I'm like, surprised it hasn't been done yet. I, I'm kind of shocked, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. I mean, you've seen what the Strong Matters do. They're giant dorks. They are giant us. dorks. Front to back, we are giant dorks. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. And, but this is just the way it is. That's the bike. Yeah. I'm shocked, frankly, that somebody has not put an electric motor in the Strom. Or possibly two. <laughs> or maybe two. Whoa, whoa. Nobody can live at that speed. <laughs> Yeah. So the Ulysses electric conversion that will be coming soon when Chuck's Ulysses motor inevitably dies. Oh. I don't know what we'll do with the hollow frame for gas. Fill it with beer. Oh. Interesting. I like this idea. Hmm. This idea has merit. Hmm. Yeah, totally. That was started as a joke. Genius. <laughs> I'm going to come out to my garage. You're going to be there drilling a hole, tapping the frame. What are you putting in? I'm putting in a tap. <laughs> Big tap handle on the side of the bike. I like this. This this has legs. We got our IPA on the right and mm-hmm. F on the left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. Moving on. Uh, is this me or you? I think it's you. Me. I tweeted. Zach writes, "Love the show." Hashtag Team Jen, formerly hashtag Team Chuck. I love hashtags. All the kids are doing those these days. Sorry, Chuck. I was looking at getting my first bike and having it narrowed down to the Yamaha WR250R or the XT250. I thought a great discussion would be the differences and advantages and disadvantages of water-cooled versus air-cooled, especially maintenance-wise. Keep up the great work. I also just picked up some Coney Island hard root beer. Hope it's good. Your mom's water-cooled. That didn't make sense. Unless his mom's a mermaid. In which case, I suppose that makes Your sense. Your mom's air-cooled. I mean, even less. I blew her. <laughs> You're stretching now. <laughs> You're stretching real hard. She was stretching. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, water and air-cooled. So, uh, air-cooled advantage is obviously less moving parts. I mean, simpler to work on. Simpler to work on. Simpler There's no you can if you're if you're doing boring out of the engines, you always do air cooled because if you bore out a water cooled engine, you bore your way into the water passages, which would be bad. <laughs> you <laughs> mean water keeping. and combustion doesn't mix. I strangest damn thing. Um, yeah. Um, so that's a very po- popular use of air cooled engines. Um, uh, the, the you know and the, so the big advantage of air cooled of course is just that it's easy. There's less moving parts. Um, air cooled of course the trouble is it's less efficient because with air cooled it has to operate in temperature range from like kind of cold to really really insanely hot. I mean air cooled engines get scary hot if you're yes. on a hot day and you're out on the road. I mean any Harley rider or Euro rider will tell you this is it's like you can see the heat waves coming off the engine. You can spit on it and it'll just. If you're sitting in stop-and-go traffic, that gets to be a thing. Yeah, that yeah. really becomes a thing. Um, so the engine has to be able to run in that wide thing. So what they actually end up doing is they kind of engineer slop into it. Um, so they will tend to be a little more uh, forgiving of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the flip side of that is you can be really efficient with a water-cooled engine because it works in a very narrow temperature range because it controls temperature. That means if you are somewhere really hot or somewhere really cold, conversely, um, you can control your engine's temperature a lot better. Or with an air-cooled engine, you'll have a manufacturer bolt a fan to it to blow air over it while <laughs> yeah, it's running. That's... So if you've got a Buell, you know this, and you, you've been stopped at least once by someone telling you, hey, your, hey, bike's, your, still your bike's still running. Because <laughs> it's loud. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not subtle. And it just goes for you know several minutes after you walk away. Yeah, so I mean, in, in, in terms of the engine, a water-cooled engine will... 
basically always run better and be more efficient. It's, it's more just modern. The nature of the beast. It's a modern engine. Yeah. It's got tighter tolerances. The air cooled will be simple and bulletproof. Mm-hmm. Um, most water cooled engines, it should be noted, are pretty freaking bulletproof too. Um, you make sure it has the requisite amount of coolant in it and forget it has coolant. Sure. It's just, it is a, an additional layer of complexity. It is an, an additional, additional layer of complexity, and, you know, draining coolant sucks. I'm not going to lie. I have to replace the Strom's coolant soon, and it's, I'm, like, really dreading it. Mm-hmm. And if you're, you know, doing track bikes or something, then that's, that's something you got to live with because you're, mm-hmm. you're draining the coolant out and putting mm-hmm. water in or whatever. Yep. But, yeah, I, do you have a preference of one of those over the other? Uh, I have not ridden. Well, no, I don't I think know I've anything about XT. Them. The WR Charlie loves his or loved his before he wadded it up. Mm-hmm. He might still have it. Um, but yeah, that thing is just a, just rippingly fun around corners. Mm-hmm. You know, with wide open, you'll you'll get there. But you'll have to let us know what you think of the root beer. Um, mm-hmm. I like the Coney Island better than mm-hmm. the Not Your Dad's, but you preferred the Not Your Dad's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. You have to let us know what you think. Opinions differ. Opinions can. I guess there's a hard orange cream soda out there now too. Hmm. Which I, as long as it's like a hard ginger ale, which just tastes like that was ginger ale with crappy bad. vodka. In that it. was not good. If I want, if I want, if I want booze mixed with a soda, I'll do like ginger ale and like a fancy bourbon. Then most of my liquors are the ones that you know people with gruff voices tend to drink and are bitter and make some people make yucky face. I like sweet, good-tasting stuff. I got that, yeah. Yeah, that's why I like the hard root beer. Yeah. And the, you know. I like the whiskey that tastes the way my, my wax cotton jacket smells. I gotta go. What have you learned this week, Chuck? Motorcycles. What have you learned, Todd? Stuff. That's all we got time for. Till next week, I'm Todd. And I'm Chuck. Ride safe, everyone. We'll see you next time. You can contact us at wheelnerds at gmail.com or leave us a message at area code 801-917-4136. Record an intro for our show of you and your bike, and maybe it'll be on a future show. Stickers and other merchandise is available at our website, www.wheelnerds.com. If you use iTunes or Stitcher, please leave a review for us. Hell, write our URL on bathroom walls if it helps. If you like this podcast, you can find more like it at wheelnerds.com. This has been a Wheelnerds production, all rights reserved. Readings from other sources are the property of their respective owners and are used with satirical intent. Something or another to get to the hotel. And then Chuck from Wheelnerds is coming later, but he's not coming until 9 o'clock at night. Dude, you so, should be afraid, dude. He is a no-neck head crusher. That dude is dude, massive. he's buff now. He's, and he's massive, I'm dude. convinced he says he's not, but I am convinced dude, he's Yakuza. You know what? The dude's got dude more ink on him. massive. He's big. He has no neck, dude. He's big. <laughs> He's much, much bigger than I remember him being. And I'm like, oh, you're big now. Am I going to get you're raped? <laughs>